We have our series. Anybody know what we're in? Nice. Good job, class. It's amazing. We are in uh, Stepping Out. This is actually the last week of Stepping Out. Next week, we'll be going into uh, a different one. Um, <laughs> stepping in. No, uh, it's, it's going to be really awesome. I'm really looking forward to what we have. Again, we're going to have a couple guest speakers as well, uh, trying to really allow uh, people uh, other than me to get in here and really teach because I think that this thing is awesome. And we have a couple surprises this year as well that I'm really, really excited about. But if you have your Bibles, anybody bring Bibles? Bring, bring them? Oh, yeah? Anybody just like, nah, I'll, I'll read it. Over here. Yeah, I get that too. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go to Joshua chapter 6. Uh, we're going to be in the first couple verses there. And then um, we'll kind of jump around. There's not a whole lot of reading tonight, so that's good. I know with the Bible engagement stuff, there's a ton. Sometimes we're breaking down entire chapters, um, but there's not a whole lot. As you guys are turning there, though, um, have you guys ever had... Have you guys ever been told to do something that makes no sense and you have no idea why you're doing it? Does that happen a lot? Huh? <laughs> Jim, Jimmy said plowing in the middle of a so snowstorm. He was uh, digging out driveways and stuff as it was still snowing. So it was kind of just going over the, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, so I've got a story like that. When I was in college, um, a couple of, a few years back, um, uh, I really wanted my parents to come visit me. Because my parents were, uh, my parents are the type of parents that like, maybe you have the same. Like, I went off to college, and they're like, okay, bye. I'm like, but there's all this parent stuff that you can do, and like, help me go to my classes and all this stuff. Like, there was a huge parent long, like a week-long thing that parents could do. They're like, nah, we're going to go back. So they left me, dropped me off, and, and that was that. Uh, and it was, you know, really crazy. And um, I wanted them to come home for, or come to my home in Springfield for uh, spring break. And they told me, eh, probably not. I'm like, oh, that, thank you. That means a lot. Um, no, it was cool. They were like, hey, uh, we just don't think we can swing it. We don't think we have the time vacation-wise. Um, your brother has to get off work. I don't think we're going to be able to do it. And I was like, oh, man, that's a bummer because I lived like seven hours away, and so I couldn't really like go on a weekend to go hang out with them and then come back. Like I, I went a long time without seeing them. And so my parents, I was asking them, I'm like, man, why can't you come? They're like, we just can't do it. We just can't do it. We just can't do it. I'm like, it makes no sense. Like, I know your guys' work schedule. I know you guys don't take off that much. Like, it makes no sense why you're so adamant about not coming. And finally, there was one day that uh, spring break was just kicking off. It was like the first weekend. And I couldn't get a hold of my parents, like, all day. I was like, that's really weird. My mom always answers my calls. No, she doesn't. She, she doesn't. She texts me, and then she calls me. And then I, you know, we get... Uh, disconnected, and then I call her right back, and she's like, oh, my phone was in my purse, and I didn't see, I'm like, whatever, mom, anyway, so I'm like, well, it's kind of normal, but at the same time, like, I can't get a hold of them all, like, all day, that's weird, and so I said, hey, what are you guys doing, they're like, oh, nothing, nothing, we're just hanging around at the house, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and then about, uh, you know, I, I did my classes, hung out with some friends, about six for dinner, my parents are like, hey, what's up, dude, I'm like, uh, nothing, 
and they were like, hey, do you haven't been to this, uh, this local spot. It was a, it was a Chinese restaurant. They're like, you haven't been there in a while, have you? I'm like, no, I haven't. They said, you should go there tonight. Okay, um, why? <laughs> you're seven hours away and you're trying to tell me where to go to dinner? Like, no, I'm not. They're like, no, no, seriously, just go there. I like, it's been a minute since you've been there, so you should go. I'm like, okay, all right, well, um, sure. They were like, make sure it's around like seven o'clock, though. I'm like, oh, uh, why can't I eat now? I'm kind of hungry. Like, <laughs> just trust us. Okay, all right, sure, yeah, whatever, mom. Kind of losing your mind. Um, and so, so. I get in my car, and I drive, and I have no clue why I'm driving to this Chinese joint at 7 o'clock. I'm like, this is so weird. Sure enough, I look at the parking lot, and my parents' car was there. I'm like, nah, they said they weren't coming, like whatever. So they, uh, I go in, and sure enough, they already had a spot for me. They were already uh, ordering food and stuff like that, and I got to hang out with them. And so it was really cool. But it was really weird. Like that hour before was like really bizarre. Like, why are you telling me where to go to dinner? Why are you trying to make these plans? Like, you should not have this much of an investment. I'm 19 years old. Like, please, back off. You know, like, whatever. But what they had was something, it was a plan for the week and for the weekend. They were going to stay. They were going to uh, be able to, to hang out with me. It was, it was a plan that they had crafted and they were giving me instructions that I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I just had to follow the instructions to see what the plan was actually going to be, right? Pretty cool stuff. Anybody had that situation where your parents are, like, giving you instructions or telling you to do something and you have no idea why they're asking you to do it? Like, I love the Disney, I love the Disney videos of, like, uh, when they announce to the kids that they're going to Disney. You know, it's like, why? Why am I doing, why am I packing a bag? Why am I doing, they're like, we're going to Disney. And then the kid always cries and it's like really cute. Anyway, um, how does this connect with scripture, you might ask? How does, this, how does this story come in? Well, we're about to read about that in, in Joshua. Um, and we've actually skipped a couple of books of the Bible. So we started Genesis, we went through Exodus, we skipped Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. So actually three books. And now we're in Joshua. Uh, Joshua chapter 6, um, last week we talked about the Ten Commandments, that was pretty cool. Where we are now from where we were last week is 39 years later. Yeah. Do you know why we're 39 years later? Because the Israelites got caught in a circle, not only in their travels, but just in where they were at. They were caught up in the cycle of disobeying God to the point that they weren't allowed to go into the promised land. Moses wasn't even allowed to go into the promised land. Are you guys hearing me? You guys listening? Thank you. So that's a big deal. Moses, the leader, the guy we've been talking about for the past couple weeks, wasn't allowed into the promised land. He died. But before he died, he passed on leadership to who? Joshua. Joshua. That's why, that's why we're... Yeah. So... There's a whole new generation of Israelites. There's a whole new generation of people. Uh, they have a new leader in Joshua. So that's where we're going to be doing, uh, where we're going to be in tonight. Uh, they are right across the land from the promised land. The promised land that God promised Moses, they're like right across the river from it. Okay? That's where we're picking up here. Um, we're going to read in Joshua uh, chapter 6, verse 1. And we're going to go all the way through 5. 
You have your Bibles? You turned there. I tried to talk a little bit so you guys could. Or the Sky Bible, if you want to see that. So this is what it says. I'm in the NIV. It says, now the gates... Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one went in. Kind of sounds like quarantine right now. Anyway, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all of the armed men. Do this for six days. Have the seven priests carry the trumpet of ram's horns in the front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have a whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Okay. So here's the thing that we find our, ourselves in. The problem is that Jericho is tight, tightly shut up. No one goes in, no one goes out, right? So there's kind of an issue here. Not only do you have to, to get there, but you have to get in. And it was because, it says because of the Israelites, Guys, Jericho was scared of the Israelites because they knew that they were God's people. They knew that they were God's people. So God, you know, God says, hey, I want you to march around the city six times, and then I want you to march seven times on the seventh day. Anybody familiar with, like, military? Like, you guys maybe want to go in the military, uh, like, you know, in, in, you know, fascinated with military strategy. Okay, Tristan, for example, like if you're going to take over a land, you would probably want to fight them, right? Yeah. It wouldn't make much sense for you to walk in circles around them, right? Like if you're getting in a fight with somebody, please don't do that, but if you are, if you're getting in a fight with somebody and you're about squared up, ready to go, and they just start walking circles around you, you're going to think they're nuts, right? Guys, I want you to realize that God's instructions might not make sense, but what they do is they set up miracles. God's instructions set up miracles. That's the first thing that we can grab onto from this section. So it makes no sense for them to win a victory and win a battle and win a war by just walking around a city. It's really, really, it makes no sense. God's instructions, when he says to gather all the people, just walk around, that's not a military strategy, right? There's no way that you can win a battle by simply just walking around. You see, God already in the books that we've read so far with Genesis and Exodus, and then if you go back and look at the other books that we didn't go over, you'll see that he constantly sets up the, sets the stage for him to do the impossible, right? Talked about the Red Sea. You guys know the story of Moses striking the rock? What comes out? Water. God told him to, to yeah, exactly. 
Like, there's all this stuff that happens that's impossible. And God's instructions, like, okay, if God, if you really heard God telling you, hey, I want you to hit a rock and water's going to come out. You go, okay, mate, sure. But what's awesome is that his instructions set up the miracle. So that when he says strike the rock, we can have water come out. Like that's an incredible, incredible thing. I want you guys to realize and understand that God asks us to do odd and mundane things sometimes. Sometimes they're not even fun things to do. Sometimes they're simple things. But what it does is it sets him up to move miraculously. And I think that that is incredible. Obedience, remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Obedience is key to unlocking God's hand to move. Obedience is key to unlocking God's hand to move in our life. We have to obey his instructions even when they make no sense. Like um, I went to kids camp um, as, a, as a leader, but I went to Kentucky's kids camp because that's where I was from. I was an intern at, the church, at a church there, my home church. And to be honest, I didn't want to go, right? Have you guys ever, like, not wanted to go to camp or youth convention or find out? I mean, it happens sometimes. Some... <laughs> nice, good. Maybe leaders can maybe speak to that. Have you ever been a leader and you're like, ah, I'm just not feeling it this week, right? My first week of work here with LifePoint was camp. Like, and so I was an intern. I was, I was an intern at kids camp. And like I said, I didn't want to go. I was like, whatever, I'm kind of just doing this because I'm the intern and they needed help and whatever. Like, and I really just wanted to do the bare minimum. I, I was a leader. I, I felt like I had to pray for kids. I felt like I had to be there. We're at services on a Thursday night. We're at services on a Thursday night. And I was like, well, I'm kind of sitting here. I'm doing nothing. Maybe I should go pray for kids. Like, and how crazy is that, right? Like, I guess I could pray for kids. Whatever. You know, so I'm sitting over here. And I'm like, maybe I can just pray for this kid. And so I started praying, and, and I was just like, okay, maybe this is just what I'm supposed to do. I'm a leader. I'm an adult, whatever. started praying for this kid, and, and I felt like God was really stirring my heart. And so I moved over to uh, a leader, and I was praying for him. And that's when God really spoke to me. And God was saying, I want you to continue to pray for him, and I want you to pray for him in a way that you would pray for yourself. There's stuff that you're struggling with in your own heart, Josh, that I want you to pray over this kid right now. Now, this was a teenager, so I go, I'm like, okay, this is really weird, whatever. So I pray for him, and he starts crying, like bawling as I'm praying for him. I'm like, uh-oh, I messed up. <laughs> like, I made him cry now, great, here we go. He's going to tell me that, like, this isn't right or this, you know, it was, it was God's prompting. It was a, a word of knowledge. Are you guys familiar with spiritual gifts? Words of knowledge is when, are, are when I can go up to a complete stranger and God gives me a, a word about them that they might not even know or maybe they know, but I don't. Like, I didn't know this kid's name, but I went up to him and I started praying over the things that I was struggling with. And sure enough, we were linked up. And. It was an amazing time. It was a powerful time. But God spoke to me to just simply pray for him. And I didn't even really want to. And it was so simple 
to just pray for somebody. I wasn't expecting this kid to be in tears, bawling, and, and you know, really connecting with what I was praying over him. I wasn't expecting that. But see, God's instructions sometimes lead to those kind of moments happening. Sometimes you might be like, hey, really, I'm not, I'm not going to engage in worship tonight. I'm just not. I'm going to sit here and just do this thing if I really want to or whatever. But sometimes, and maybe you guys have had this happen, God says, hey, I want you to raise your hands. I want you to, I want you to go to the front. I want you to get on your knees. I want you to engage, right? Sometimes that happens. And it's just a simple instruction, but it's exactly what we need to, to obey. It's the kind of instruction that we need to obey to unlock what God wants to do. Does that make sense? You following me? Let's skip ahead. So, so Joshua gets this word, and he's like, okay, all right, I'll do it. So he starts to tell the people, hey, this is what we're going to do. And they probably looked at him. A little wild, but they said, you know what? We got you, man. We're, 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 all, we're all with you. And so it says down in 15, um, we're going to read down to 20. So this is what the, so, so, so they've started to, to march. They've followed the commands. They're, they're, they've done their six days. This is the seventh day that we're going to read about here. It says on the seventh day, the Israelites got up at daybreak, and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner Except on that day, they circled the city seven times. Here they are following those instructions. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that, are, that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab and all who are with her in the house shall be spared, because she hid the spies that were sent. That's kind of a little backstory. It's kind of another um, story. It's, it's a really cool one if you, if you want to take a look at it. But he says, keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will be make, making the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All of the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, at the sound of the trumpet, when all the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. Everybody say it collapsed. Yeah. yeah. It collapsed. So that everyone charged straight in and they took over the city. So they did exactly what God had instructed them to do. But they had to do it. Guys, God gives the instructions and they set up miracles and that's awesome. But we have to do our part, right? We have to do our part. You see... It's really cool because it says the, this is the choppy wooden translation from the, the, the Greek here. It says the people shouted, they blew on the ram's horns, ram's horns, and it happened. When the people heard the sound of the horn, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down, and the people went up into the city, each man opposite himself, and they captured the city. 
for God's plan and God's instructions to make that happen, that's a lot of work it put on the Israelites, right? Right? I mean, God made the walls collapse at just a shout. Like, that's awesome. But once the walls came down, they had to go charge. They had to follow the instructions. Guys, we read about the manna a couple of weeks ago and the provision and how many people didn't listen. Do you think that that generation that was in the wilderness for as long as they would have, would have listened to God and obeyed him in that way? No, I don't think so. Because they were complaining about God providing for them and God bringing them around. Like God split the Red Sea and they walked through it and then they were like, oh, we should be back in Egypt. Could you imagine them four or five days in? marching around this dumb wall, like, whatever. This is dumb. I'm going home. Like, I can imagine them right now, like, just complaining the whole way and making up all these things of, oh, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Like, whatever. The cool thing about the, the generation that Joshua led into the promised land is they were listening and they were acting and they did their part. Guys, we have to do our part how could, he, how could God trust the last generation to take over a powerful force with the Canaanites, Jericho, if he couldn't even trust them with providing them manna and saying, hey, make sure you keep a little extra because there's not going to be any on the Sabbath. They couldn't even listen to that. If we want to see God move, if we want to see God move in our lives, we have to move as well. He calls us to act, but he calls us to obey him first. We have to obey and we have to act. We have to trust that he is going to do what he told us he would do. Some of you guys are holding on to promises and holding on to things that God promised you and told you that you were going to do, but you haven't acted on it. Take action and watch God's plan work out. It's going to work out. That's the God that we serve. He's awesome like that. He's so awesome, in fact, this is the next point, just in this section. He wants to collaborate with us. You guys know that word, collaborate? Yeah. He wants to work together. I think what's so cool, and we mentioned it at the first thing, but there's no military organization in this. There's no military strategy at all. Nothing. March around the walls, that's it. What is emphasized is the ritual and the, the action of, of the Israelites. Do you know why? Because God wanted them to do their part, and he would come in and take care of the rest. God wants to collaborate with us. He wants to say, hey, I'm willing to do some stuff in your life, but you have to help me out too. I want to work. I want to move. I want to show up, but you have to help me out. You have to come here and, and, and do this with me. God has a desire to work for us, but do it by working with us. He wants to partner with us. Guys, remember the very first thing that we talked about, or one of the first things we talked about? We talked about creation. What did God do when he created Adam and Eve? He rested. What did he do? How did he function? 
Was he up above them, lording over them and all that stuff? He walked with them. He was with them. Guys, we know that from our, you know, just that account in Genesis, he wants to work with us and be with us and bring us in that. That's what he wants to do. He wants to collaborate with us. Guys, I do, I do music, and I love it, and I'm kind of closing up. So if the worship team wants to come, you guys are good. But in music, like, I, I love working on music, but it's way more fun when I'm able to work on music with other people. Whether it's a producer or whether it's another writer or whether it's an artist, like, it's always more fun to work with other people. Why? Why? Because, because they bring something to the table that enhance what I'm working on, right? I might have a really cool song, but if I can't think of a good third verse for it, I'm going to call one of my buddies who I know is going to do an amazing job on it. And instead of having an okay song because it has three verses of me, I'm able to have an awesome song because it has one of my friends on it. Somebody I know who's going to put the work in and make it awesome. You think of your favorite songs. How many of them have a featuring on it? Like, you know, the little feet dot. Pretty much all of them. All of them have, like, I was listening. Um, we, were, we were hanging out with um, Pastor Mike and Elisa, and, and um, Milo was jamming a, a Torin Well song, Millionaire. It's really awesome. And uh, it's, um, <laughs> hey, no, 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 not that. Not that. It was, it was um, Torin Wells, and it was Kurt Franklin. It was two people. Like, Everything we do is, is collaboration. And God wants to do the same. Here's, here's the cool thing as I'm closing. The holy army of Israel followed all the instructions perfectly. And what happened? The walls came down. And they were able to go into the city and take it over like that. Easy. Okay. There's a lot There's a lot of earthquakes that happen in the area where Jericho is. But even with the earthquakes that happen in that area when they go to excavate it and and try to figure out what's going on, they have a clear evidence of a collapse of one of the walls that was the 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 walls of Jericho, this this fortress. There was clear evidence that one of those walls came down and it wasn't an earthquake. That's cool. There's evidence, there's data that proves that God works when we obey him, his instructions set up the miracles, and when we do our part, some stuff happens. God wants to work with us. He wants to help us get get us where we're going, but he's also going to call us to work with him to make it happen. Right? Guys, you have to know that God wants to work and wants to move, but he wants to do it with you. He doesn't just want to do it for you. He wants to do it with you. I think that that's an incredible thing to to walk away from, to know that God's plans are awesome, but at the same time, we get to be a part of them. He's not just doing it for us. He's doing it with us. That's awesome. If you guys would, if you guys would just bow your heads.
and close your eyes as we kind of close up. If tonight you would say, Josh, I, I've been waiting on God to do things for me, and I've never really taken the action to invite him or, or, or take the action upon myself to actually join in what he's doing. I've been sitting back and saying, you know what, I'm just going to hang out until you work. If that's you, I want to encourage you that you can trust in his word and move forward with it, knowing that he's going to take care of whatever you can't. But he wants to work with you. He doesn't just want to sit back and be a performing magician to do all of the things that we want to do. He wants you to obey him and to listen and to move forward with him. Tonight, if you would say, I am tired of waiting God, waiting for God to do something for me, and I want to do something with God. Tonight, if that would be you, if you would just raise your hand, say, I want to work with God. I don't just want to work and wait for God. Awesome. Awesome. Tonight, if you were to, to say, you know what, I have no clue about God. Don't even know where to start. But hey, if, if I can trust him and believe in him and he's going to show up in the way that he showed up here, man, I'm all about it. If you would like to know more about God, more, know more about Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for your sins, dying on a cross, if you'd like more information or, or if you want to pray with somebody or talk with somebody, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I just want to encourage you as no one is looking around. I want to encourage you that you can always find a youth leader, find me. We would love to be able to share that with you. But let's go to the Lord in prayer and then let's get into worship and engage, man. Go after it with God. He'll show up. Take the action. <laughs> See what God has for you, but take the action step, okay? Father, Father, I thank you so much for each and every student here. I thank you for the leaders, for the parents, for the adults that are here, Father. I pray that you would move miraculously in each of their lives. Make yourself known to each of them. But Father, I pray that above all, you would call us to work alongside of you, to be able to take the action steps. Not that we can do it on our own or we think we can, because if we do that, then we've messed up. But Father, let us partner up with you, collaborate with you, be able to, to do the thing that you created us to do, which was just be with you. Father, if there is anyone here who, want, who, who wants to work with you, instead of just waiting for you to move. Father, I pray that you would bring action in there. This is a great point, what we're about to do, what we're about to engage in with worship. It's a great place to start. So Father, I ask that you would give them boldness and courage. You would give them every tool that they need to be able to take those steps and say, I'm moving forward and I wanna work with God. I don't wanna just wait and be passive. Because that's what kept the Israelites out of the wilderness for 40 years. Father, we don't want to be like that. 
don't want to sit around and wait and never experience what you have for us because we don't want to obey and we don't want to work with you. Father, I pray over this time of worship that you would just meet us, be with us, give these students exactly what they need tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen.